Welcome to the Blip Insurance Podcast, where we help insurance agents build successful agencies. My name is Josh Berg with Blue Lion Insurance Partners, and on this episode, I talk with Jason Denniston of Denniston Insurance. This was a fun one. I've known Jason for over a year now, and we've talked pretty much weekly about marketing and insurance. Since he's a newer agent, just shy of two years, I thought it would be great to go over what to avoid and what to focus on for newer agents. Even though he focuses on Medicare and life, and we focus on property and casualty, the ideas are interchangeable. So before we get into it, this episode is brought to you by our master insurance agency, Blue Lion Insurance Partners, or BLIP for short. So we provide access to insurance companies, 100% commission, bonuses, support, software, and systems with no production requirements. And you maintain full, true ownership. So find out more information at bluelioninsurancepartners.com. And without further delay, here's my conversation with Jason. So here's the story. Uh, my, my oldest boy has always wanted to have a lemonade stand. Okay. okay. And for the How longest time, uh, he was born 10, 2000, uh, 2008. So he just turned 11. Okay. Um, and so like he just had a birthday last month. Um, always wanted to have a, a lemonade stand, but up until a few months ago, we lived on a state highway. And we're okay. like, dude, you know, you can't have right, a lemonade right. stand on a state highway. And so uh, I don't know. Are you familiar with Junior Achievement? Oh, yeah. Yep. So Junior Achievement has Lemonade Day. Okay. And so it's where across the country, all the kids and all the programs have this lemonade stand all on the same day. So in our town, there's like 40 lemonade stands. And okay. the boys are like, hey, we want to do lemonade stand. I was like, sure. Yeah. I mean, you've always wanted to. Let's do it. I said, but here's the deal. We're not selling lemonade for 50 cents a piece. You know, you can't make any money at that. Right. And so we, we, you know what they say, you know, you either need to be like the cheapest or the most expensive. Right. And so we went the most expensive route. I think we sold at that event, the first event, we were selling our lemonades for three bucks a cup, 24 ounce cup, fresh squeezed lemonade. Within three hours, we made $100 an hour. And so the first hour paid for all the supplies and everything. And then they each got a hundred bucks. Dude, wait. And so this is at an event that's 100% lemonade stands? Well, so that's the other thing. You know, everyone else was downtown at the courthouse. And I was like, we need to hire traffic. We can't be competing directly again. So on the same day, I booked in at Walmart. And so okay. we were at Walmart selling lemonade. Nice. And, I mean, we did uh, Facebook videos. They got a Facebook page. I, you know, did green screen shots with them and in the hot tub. We did lemonade taste test building up to the event just to try and, I mean, my goal really for the whole thing, well, I guess before I jump there, so they made so much money, they were like, dude, we wanted to, yeah, exactly. He's like, we do, it, <laughs> we do it some more. And I was like, yeah, um, but like, we're going to, we're going to partner. So we, we became partners. And uh, I said, so we're not going to do lemonade, but we went out and made a full out lemonade stand, lemon shakeups. We got, you know, uh, a, a DBA. We got sales tax license. We got, uh, Dude, you guys, work. and you told me that you guys cleared like four grand or something at one of the events you did. Yeah, I think it was like 3,300 bucks. 3,300. Yeah, cleared. So That's 12 amazing. hours. I mean, we were like, non-stop making lemon shakeups all day we're in the wrong and, business man i know i know there's people that do it full-time <laughs> full-time lemonade vendors work three days a week you know nine months out of the year that so. is incredible yeah um well um let's see let's uh let's get this thing going so hey everyone thank you for joining us um today uh well let me say this is the blip insurance agency podcast um, today, I've got Jason Dennison on with me. He owns Dennison Insurance, and uh, he, uh, it's a life and health agency primarily. And so um, Jason's background is he was in, in the church world for about 18 years, and then he decided to open up an insurance agency 
um, just shy of two years ago. So anyway, here we are. Since Jason's fairly new to the industry, I mean, two years, that's actually not fairly new, but new enough that you remember some of the lessons, right? And oh, so, yeah, for sure, for sure. So I wanted to have Jason on so that we could um, just kind of discuss maybe pitfalls for newer agents or things that are helpful to remember or know or things that, you know, we maybe wished we would have known when we were starting out just for really primarily kind of for newer agencies. And, you know, if you're watching this and you're not a newer agent and you got something to chime in with, please do. Um, so Jason, let's, let's go back to kind of the beginning, I guess, when you're leaving, leaving the uh, church world and you're starting this insurance agency, let's start there. So day one, what does this look like? Did you know, did you have a plan? Did you know what you were doing? Or you're just like, I'm just doing this thing. Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. So, you know, even backing up one step before that, like my position was eliminated. And so okay. I was like, but. Okay. So you weren't fired on negative terms. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right I downsized okay. And, uh, but even before that, I was looking for a, a side hustle, you know, something that I could do to help pay off some debt to, you know, get old head, save for retirement and nothing ever seemed to fit for me. And I, you know, all my friends, you know, they have these little side gigs, side hustles. I'm like, that's awesome for them, but it never seemed to be something that I could do. And one day on my day off, I'm looking through like glass door, just surfing around. I'm like insurance. I could do that. Yep. And then, uh, and I never really went forward with it. I fast forward about six weeks and I find out that I'm losing my job. Uh, in the church world, you don't get any unemployment. And so, and there wasn't a real severance package there. It was just kind of like it, it, the church was financially struggling. So they didn't have the means to do a lot. So I had to downsize. And so here we were. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm, I, the insurance thing, that's what it was. And so I got a book. I read it, went, took my license, and uh, oh, you got an insurance book on passing your test, not insurance yeah, yeah. companies. Okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I bought it. I just read a book to pass my license and went, and took the test. So, wow. Um, okay, so you got your license now. Now what? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's my question. <laughs> so, I, were you thinking life and health, or were you thinking, you know, insurance as this general? Yeah. You know, I, I was always life and health. Uh, like, I don't know why I had this preconceived notion that the one thing I didn't want to do was PNC. Okay. I like, you guys, I, like, I do not want someone calling me at eight o'clock saying, you know, a shopping cart banged into my car at Walmart, you know? <laughs> and so, so I just always, and maybe it was a preconceived notion, but I just had always felt like life and health was where I was want to be. A good friend of mine was in, you know, he was in securities and, life and health. And so I met with him. He said, Hey, here's where there is some opportunity. Here's some products that are available to be sold. And I said, Hey, this really looks like, like something I'd like to do. Okay. So let's go to first piece of advice starting out. What would that be for a new agent? Yeah. 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 Or so even maybe somebody switching fields or careers or whatever. First yeah, I mean, advice. my biggest, like, I look back, you know, and, and there's definitely some things that I wish I knew because really coming into it, I knew nothing, right? right. I knew nothing about insurance and nothing about running a business. Um, I, I'd never been in sales before, um, but probably my biggest piece of advice I would say is like, have some money. So you have know? the money saved up so you can last through the first few months. Ideally, yeah. I mean, because there's a runway, you know, that's the way I look at it. Your money is your runway. And as long as you, you know, you, you're like, your business is like the airplane and you're trying to get, you know, in the air, you're trying to get taken off. And depending on, you know, how, how agile of an airplane you are is how fast you can take off. And for someone who doesn't know what they don't know, it may take a longer time, longer runway. And so you need that, that capital uh, to, to live on, you know, to run the business while you're getting started. Right. Yeah. Starting off a business with no money, but it, well, starting off a business with no money 
is not a super easy, fun thing to do. But a worse thing on top of that is start off a business with no money, but a decent amount of access to debt. And then, you know, you start spiraling downhill and then it's, you know, you're yeah, yeah. I mean, and that, that's one of the things, you know, that people have told me, I agree, kind of been a Dave Ramsey, you know, follower mm-hmm. that, you know, well, uh, as well as, I mean, I, we do have some personal debt, like sure. limit your debt, you know, because, yeah. you know, and, and here's another thing, the way that I look at debt, and I, this came from another agent I talked to, advances, do you guys do like advances on the PNC side? For, can you clarify like policies, that? Like, like if you write a policy, do you get the full year and then oh. you get a charge back? Yeah, or... usually with most companies, it's upfront. Yeah, yeah. And so that was one of the choices that I made early on is I, I do all as earned. Mm. And so okay. I don't get any advances on any of my business. Okay. Um, which you would think, you know, starting out from scratch, you'd want those advances. And I understand some people are like, hey, get those advances, reinvest them back in the business. But I also have another agent friend who was writing some life insurance policies, final expense, um, got caught up with a bunch of chargebacks. And then he's like chasing his tail now because he spent that money to write more business to cover the chargebacks. And, you know, know, starting a, a business you know, switching careers, starting a business, you know, all of these things are stressful, um, stressful uh, personally, stressful, you know, in your, you know, professionally stressful in your family life. And mm-hmm. so I would say, you know, any of the ways that you can, can eliminate or reduce stress, because you're going to be stressed out, like out of right. your mind, trying right. to get this, like, why add extra stress um, if you don't have to? So, um, so you started, you, you're, you're made the decision to focus on health and life. Um, mm-hmm. so what next? So you got your carrier appointments. Um, well, that's, funny. that's a funny thing that, you know, carrier appointments. I totally remember we were, we had already had this, this vacation planned right when I got started, we were actually a Grand Canyon vacation trip and I was connecting with the, 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 my FMO, the person that I get my contracts through. What like, does FMO mean? Uh, it's a field marketing organization and the life and it's sort of like an aggregator on the okay. side, but gotcha. it's life and health. On the life and health side, pretty much you always get your contract through someone else. You rarely yeah. you get direct carrier appointments. Okay. Um, so I was talking to him. I said, hey, I got my license. I got my E&O. Like, I mean, who knew I needed E&O? I mean, what right. is that, you know? Right. And, so, um, and I said, hey, I'm ready to go, right? You know? And they're like, oh, well, you're not appointed by any carriers yet. Yeah. And I'm like, well, well, how long does that take? So, you know, <laughs> and it's like another couple of weeks, you know, mm-hmm. before I get some appointments, you know? And so you're just like, are you kidding me? You know, it's just like, all the, like, what don't, what else don't I know? You know? Yeah, right. So I get my carrier appointments. Um, and then... Uh, so this is kind of this is kind of interesting. Now that I'm thinking back on it, the first month I focused on Medicare. After I got my, my appointments, um, the first month I focused all on Medicare, right? Okay. And Medicare is like a longer. It can be a longer buying window because it's not until that person, generally, if you're doing turning 65, until they turn 65 that they're ready to buy. So I get like no sales the first month. So here we are. Yay. First month, no sales. And so I'm starting to sweat it a little bit. We have a a rental house that I think, okay, if if we get that sold by the end of the first month, now we have a little bit of capital. Yeah. First month, you know, because they get an offer, then, you know, like one that's sold by the end of the second month. There are no offers. Okay. So now I'm starting to sweat it. So I'm like, you know what? If I sell some life insurance, that pays, you know, pretty quick, right? Mm-hmm. And so I get some immediate cash going. And so I spend the second month focusing in on life insurance. Okay. okay. Actually made some life insurance sales. Actually, some of those sales that I made in that second month are the biggest commissions that I've made 
yet. I mean, I've landed some nice business accounts. So where are you? So you get your appointments. Where now are you actually going to sell? Like, who are you selling to? Yeah, I mean, and I think that that's the one of the hardest things, and and it's one of my one of the four things that a agency owner has to has to figure out is is that I call it marketing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I didn't know. I had no idea who to to go to at that point. I didn't know how to connect with with anyone. I didn't have a storefront. I didn't you know, I didn't know how to do marketing. I didn't. So I was just selling to, um, you know, just friends and family doing that, you know, project 100, you know, yeah, yeah. Doing my natural market and talking to people, maybe doing some posts on Facebook, uh, asking for referrals anytime I would sell a policy. Um, but you know, so I got into that end of that second month and I got to that third month and I realized crap like I, I took a whole month off selling medicare i'm no further ahead on medicare which is my core yeah. product yep. and it's like oh I, you know you realize you're taking the the uh the pedal your foot off the gas pedal and you have no momentum in those early days it's like i i gotta focus you know i gotta get gotta get things moving forward so the advice behind that is you can't lose sight of continuing to market or prospect for the thing that you're focusing on, right? Like you, and that's that's like the sales cycle, the peaks and the valleys, right? You're, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you go through the peaks of like writing all this business during that time, you can't prospect so that, or you choose not to, you choose to focus on all the business you're writing and then your sales go down and you probably have time and you prospect. So yeah, that's, anyway, sorry, go ahead. I just hit the mic. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, and I think along with that, not only do you have that sales cycle uh, roller coaster, I had another friend who was who's a business owner, and he's like, being an entrepreneur is like being on a roller coaster because one day you are on top of the world. You think I've got this, I got the bull by the horns, you know, and then you go uh, a day, a week, a month without making any sales, and then you're just like, you be down and you're up and down and up, and and it can be be pretty rough. Um, yeah. And what you just said about, you know, being an entrepreneur. So I think 99% of people who start in insurance, I probably wouldn't classify them as an entrepreneur. I would probably say that they pretty much like own their job because you, I mean, usually it's just you, you're sitting there doing everything you can, working as hard as you can. But the things that I feel like are super entrepreneurial, like thinking outside of the agency outside the box and and working on the business it's really tough to do that right up front i feel like you have to kind of get everything rolling have enough renewal commissions or clients that are already there coming in and that you can count on to be able to really kind of take a step back hire some people um but there's you know there's probably two different camps of thought in that you know i know agents who have started off had you know hired five staff right away five producers and just gone for it and have succeeded and i've known mm-hmm. ones that have failed and um but anyway definitely starting by yourself the slow and steady growth i don't know to me it seems like that's that's a really easy um i wouldn't say the correct way to do it but it seems to be the way most people grow starting off by themselves yeah i i mean i i think so so this is you know what i would say i have kind of my list of four things that I think someone needs to know to start an insurance agency. Sweet, uh, let's go. Number one. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, let's see. In I don't know if these are in order necessarily, but these are the four things. Like number one, you have to have product knowledge. Okay. Like you have to know what you're selling, right? Yeah. And so for me, it's Medicare. You know, for others, it might be PNC, personal lines, commercial. Know your niche. Know your risk. Um, and so you have to know that and to you know it it feeds your sales ability if you know what you're talking about um it also feeds your service it helps you write good business which is another tip you know that we'll talk about later is writing good business is important um so you got to know your product um you've got to know how to sell um and selling you know i think it's totally different from knowing your product and being able to sell your product right Um, and then 
So product knowledge, knowing how to sell, marketing, you know, knowing how to, I would say the number one thing that I've struggled with is marketing and getting in front of people. And I think a lot of new agents are like, if I could just, if I can just get in front of someone, I can make the sale, but they don't know where the people are at, how to get in front of them, uh, maybe don't have the funds to do a lot of marketing. And so, so that's a tough one. And then the fourth one is kind of business systems and processes. Yeah. Um, and, and knowing how, like, how do I, how do I submit business? How do I file, you know, CRMs, all that kind of stuff. So just, and I mean, a lot of that stuff just comes through experience, right? Through sure. going through the day to day. So it's really hard to kind of start off with some of that stuff, but you know, well, one of the, yeah, with your, ahead. with your first three things that you mm-hmm. said, one of the things that's a thread, I think through all that is actually having some belief in what you're selling, you know, because yeah. how do you sell something that you don't really believe in? I mean, I'll say when I started in insurance, I didn't. I didn't really believe in it. You know, I wasn't like, I didn't think that what we did was better than what somebody else did, you mm-hmm. know? So at that time it was just, and some, some, uh, insurance, um, whatever, some, some industries are different than others. Right. So like with final expense or Medicare, I don't know, maybe it's different than PNC PNC is my world. And so I, and one of the things is don't sell on price, right? You got to sell mm-hmm. on value. If you sell on price, they'll leave on price. And so, right. That is literally, I feel like all I had when we started because I didn't, I didn't believe in it. I didn't know, I didn't know all the, the ins and outs. I didn't know what the pitfalls were for somebody. And so when we started, it was just price, price, price. And man, I don't think many of those people are still with us, but you know, it was, it was all I had to go off of. So I, I mean, personally, I would, I think what you're saying is true. And I think that, you know, really learning the product, but also learning how to sell it. Like what pitfalls are people going to come showing people the pain points that they might have in the future if they don't buy your products as opposed to somebody else's or, you know, this option as opposed to that option. Totally agree with that. I'll, I'll say like, I think one, number one, like sales and being like the ability to sell solves a lot of the other issues short term. Yeah. You know, like if, uh, if you don't have good business uh, systems and processes and you have business that's falling off the backside, well, if you can sell a few more policies to make up for it, you can outrun those shortcomings. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't know all of, you know, everything about a product, but you know enough about it and you're able to sell it, you know, you will learn the product knowledge. So I would say solid sales foundation. And, you know, what you said is how do you get those when you're just starting? Well, you may not have them, but on the other hand, like some of this stuff is transferable. And so if you have a background in sales, like this is just another product. Um, If you have a background in business, well, you can adapt some of the systems and processes that you have, um, you know, picked up along the way. And the one that I am jealous of the most are the agency owners who are in a multi-generational you know, family business where they grew up with it, you know, and it's just in their blood, you know, they've got the experience. Right. Right. Yeah. They grew up in it. Totally. So, okay. So, um, let's, let's go now to maybe a second piece of advice that you would have for a newer agent. Like, what do you think, what do you think people should know? Okay, this is this is a big a piece of advice I give a lot of people who are wanting to start a business, whether it's insurance or not. Um, and it kind of goes back to the money thing. I say, take a step, not a leap. Okay, and what I mean by that is, if you can, if you can start building your business, and that's what I wish. Like, if we're thinking about like, what do I wish, like I would have been able to do. Um, you know, before I jumped in, I wish I would have had a little more of a runway, you know, six months, okay. I say if I started six months before my previous job ended, getting my license, getting my appointments, starting to learn the product, starting to meet with people, building that sales funnel, um, you know, and so the, the whole idea of 
you know, if you just quit your job and, and you are start a business, what's the likelihood, I don't know what the stat is on new businesses or, you know, new insurance agencies failing. It's right? high. It's yeah. high. Yeah. And so if you, a lot of people, you know, cash out their retirements to start businesses, they cash out, you know, what, what you know, homes or, or whatnot. If you're investing this much money into a, uh, a business, you want to make sure it's going to succeed. And the best way to, to know that you're going to succeed is to, you know, I think build it, you know, maybe while you're still working another job. Sure. Like, like a side us, hustle. Yeah. Side hustle. Like for, in, in my family, we're a single income family. Yeah. And, and so like, if, but if you can have like a sugar mama, you know, or a sugar daddy at <laughs> yeah. home that can keep you know, the lights on. Um, that's, that's another really, show, how to get yourself a sugar mama or a sugar go. daddy. There you go. Um, and just like you said, as, uh, as a side hustle, being an entrepreneur or a business owner means, and you know this, means putting in really long hours. Yep, totally. And at least at first. Not, what's that? At least at first, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you're not willing to put in like a second shift after you've already worked you know, at the at a different business job, whatever it is, if you're not willing to work in the evenings and on the weekends, like while you have that income coming in to start your business, like you're probably not going to like starting a business, right? Um, because it takes a ton, a ton of time. I would say too, one of the things um, to to piggyback on that is if you're married you've got to get the buy-in from your spouse mm, before mm -hmm. you go do something like that because they've got to, and, and you, hopefully you have a realistic expectation of what it's going to look like and you can communicate that to them because they got to be on board. I mean, if they're mm -hmm. not, it's, it's not going to last. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, <laughs> uh, Ken Wakeham uh, said, stay lean and avoid the shiny things, right? Yeah. So that shiny object syndrome, man, that's a tough one. That is really tough. Um, let me tell you, let me tell you about a failure that I had on that. Um, <clears throat> right. Uh, so we kind of working our way somewhere around that third or fourth month. I was like, I need to, um, excuse me. Don't go dying on me, Jason. I know. Right. Mid mid show. Good thing I do have life insurance. Okay, uh, nice. <laughs> um, you know, I was getting desperate to get in front of people and yeah. I didn't know how to do it. And along came a program that was, you know, it kind of like, you know, you're going to get leads at a super low cost. It's right. going to be good. You go, you know, just pay us, you know, this many, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, Lofty yeah. price. Um, so I, I borrowed the money from my folks. I did the buy-in, you know, um, spent literally like in the whole program, you know, thousands of dollars. I yeah. think I closed like three sales, you know, um, off it. And, and so that whole staying lean, I think, and here's the thing, I'm not going to say that that program was bad. It just wasn't right for me at the time. Um, yeah. maybe someone else who had better systems and processes in place or someone who had the better ability to sell, um, could have made more of it. Yeah. I've heard, me, that, wrong at the time. I've heard that quite a few times. I think that like, I don't know, I think there's some group of evil geniuses or not evil, nice geniuses, let's put it that way that um, communicate frequently because I keep hearing, you know, if you have a system to bring in a ton of leads, that's great. But if you don't have the systems and processes to actually deal with all that, it's mm -hmm. going to just blow up and, and it's going to highlight the fact that you don't have a good sales process. So yeah. getting that sales process in place first, before you start going gangbusters on leads, probably the smart way to do it. Yeah, yeah, I 100% I agree uh, with that. And here's another little thing that I learned, uh, you know, along the way. Um, I, I knew right away, like, I was just learning it all. And I said, so I, I gave myself permission to fail. 
Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know what? You're going to have to burn a few leads before you figure out how to set an appointment. Yeah. And you're going to have to burn a few appointments before you learn how to make a sale. Yeah. Um, and you'll probably, although this doesn't sound great, you'll probably burn a few sales before you learn how to service. Yeah, you know? probably. Um, and, and so just like being comfortable with that, uh, I think is really important. Yeah. Um, okay. So avoid the shiny object syndrome, mm-hmm. right? Avoid the shiny sure. things. Um, but you know, that's, I agree with that. I do hundred mm-hmm. percent, especially mm-hmm. somebody who loves technology. Like I absolutely love technology. Yeah. And so it's so easy for me to think that would be really fun to play with and to implement. And then, you know, I end up with 10 things that I'm playing with and not sure. implementing. Um, right. But there are things that are good to spend money on, right? I mean, obviously there's, yeah, absolutely. you know, a good CRM, a good, you know, whatever, you know, staff, all, all these other things. Um, I don't know that you necessarily need like a drone to take a picture of your, you know, the front of your building when you're just starting out, you know, so maybe not that, but things, things that are going to actually help you grow and sell more and all that kind of stuff are great. But when you're starting off, um, what do you have any advice for people on, on maybe what to focus on as far as your money and what to not focus on, what to, to forego? Yeah. Um, that's good. That's a really good question. Um, so I would say like a, a, a number one tip is to focus your energy on selling activities. You know, those activities that are leading towards sales, whether that's prospecting, following up on leads, quoting, you know, presenting. And, and so let's say there's some sort of a service and it costs a hundred, 150 bucks a month, whatever that is. And it saves you five, 10 hours a week, whatever it is. Well, that's going to free you up to be making more sales, right? In theory. Yes. Now, here's the deal. Like if spending that money is going to allow you to make more sales and you have the opportunity to make more sales, you're actually going to be doing it. I think it makes a lot of sense. Yep. But if, you know, because one of the things that, a new business owner has is time. Yep. Um, I mean, we do have more time than, you know, because as, as that business grows, you're going to be busier. So let's say you, you make that expenditure and, and this is the problem with like one expenditure is, is not a big deal, but sometimes when you're, you know, start tacking on. So, you know, let's say you're doing like some sort of a lead gen and you've got, you know, a landing page and you've got a, a Zapier and you've got, you know, an automation and, you know, you've got a ringless voicemail and you've got these, they right. stack up, you know, now all of a sudden you've got, you're spending a bunch of money because of a lot of them. If you could, you know, let's say if you're not going to be making sales during that time anyway, like I would, I, for me personally, I would save the money and build it out. You know, if there was a less expensive way to build it out. But at that point where you you do have the opportunity to be making sales, then go ahead and, and spend the money on the service to save you the time. I uh, think I somebody had said even VAs. Yeah, know, yeah. Are a good way to to you know increase your your ability. Right, but right when you're starting out, I don't know that a VA is what you should do. Right, it's like if like you said, if hiring a VA or buying the system or this product is going to free you up to actually sell more and you actually use that time to sell more and pay for those things or almost pay for those things, um, then great, do it, you know? But like, again, like what you said, the one thing we have when you start out is time. And so- I would go back to the four things, Um, you know, those four skills, product knowledge, marketing, how to sell, business systems and processes. I put people in two camps. If you come in to business 
you know, agency ownership with a decent, you know, maybe you're coming from, you know, working in an agency and now you're going to go out on your own. Mm -hmm. um, if you if you've got a good handle on those, I am more inclined to tell you to pour money on on the business. You know, yeah. I would be more comfortable with someone, you know, whether, you know, maybe it is to, to hire a VA right off the, you know, right off the bat to follow up with leads, to do telemarketing, to call, uh, set appointments for you if, you know, they know how to sell, you know, if they yeah. know how to do some of the closing. And so that's two groups. If you don't know what you're doing, um, definitely slow slow down someone uh yep. in the in the the comments said uh just you know here where is it uh i thought i just saw that um you know about yeah oh right here where'd it go yeah uh ken uh wycombe stay lean oh yeah he said you know avoid the the shiny things so just staying lean in what you're doing so he also said the sugar mama game works yeah <laughs> I mean, um but you know one of the things you also um said is focus on the activities that make you money, the money-making mm -hmm. activities. And I have a, uh, I'll call him a business coach. Um, uh -huh. And he, that's his big thing, right? You, you've got to set aside that time to do those tasks that actually make you money. If you're mm -hmm. not, they end up getting pushed to the back and you, you get focused on other things. Unless you actually schedule that in, you're, you're going to end up losing those opportunities. Absolutely. And I, I, that's, you know, whether you're just starting out or whether you're a 10 year in agent, right? That's good advice right there. Anybody, what makes you money? What's the, what are the activities that make you money? Schedule those things in and do them, do them every day. Yeah. Along those lines, um, one of the books that I read early on was uh, Fanatical Prospecting mm -hmm. uh, by Jeb Blunt. And in there, the thing that that really struck a chord to me was he said, do you have like a, a 30 day like lag on your leads? And so like, if you don't have, if you're not closing business today, it's not because of the prospecting you did or didn't do yesterday, but it's what you did 30 and 60 days ago. Oh yeah. And, and so, you know, let's say, you know, here we are in February. If you took the whole month of January off, you were working on the business and not in the business, you're working on those systems and processes, but you weren't prospecting, um, chances are you burned through your pipeline uh, of deals that you had in, in the pipe. And now you're gonna be back, you know, you're gonna be struggling in the next month. So. Yeah. Um, so I someone commented this and I have to retouch on it because sure. it's kind of an important thing. Uh, Joey said, how dare you say drones aren't practical? <laughs> Joey, drones are practical for people who are, you know, going to actually use them. It's not a shiny object, but yes, I, I can't wait till I can get a drone. So anyway, I got to talk to Craig, um, Craig, Craig, uh, Pretzinger. It's the last name. He's got, um, some sort of drone pilot program. Uh, we're going to talk later, but, um, Shout out to him. He's an all-state yeah. agent in Arizona. Awesome. Yeah. So, so if you don't know him, he's a good guy to know. Along those lines, um, what I would say is, is like, you don't have to have a drone. You just need no. a friend with a drone. Oh, true. True. You know? Um, and, and so that would be another one of my tips is use what you have. You know, I had this laptop, dude. I had this laptop for seven years and, uh, and I, I hated it. It was so old and it was beat up, but I just couldn't, ju it still worked. It still worked fine. I couldn't justify going and buying a new laptop until for, I needed a touch screen this last year for some business to write. So I had to upgrade, but I was, you know, lugging that heavy old laptop around to these into old people's houses, you know, and, and breaking it out. And um, it, it, it worked, you know? And so yeah. there's a, there's this, this idea of as, as a business owner, 
you have to delay gratification on mm-hmm. so many levels. True. I mean, you, you just have to have that discipline uh, to to put the hours in, to to work when you don't want to work, to to do the stuff you don't want to do, and sometimes we want to reward ourselves by that shiny object, that, yep. that flashy thing, that piece of technology, when, you know, it, it doesn't always make sense. Um, and, you know, another thing, you know, a big expense for people is space, right? You know, yeah. office space. Yep. Ask yourself if you really need office space. Um, do you need, you know, so much more of our business is being conducted virtually. I mean, I think yeah. you told me a couple of weeks ago, I mean, pretty much all of your business is done virtually, right? Yeah. I mean, if somebody come, I mean, maybe half a percent of our clients will actually come to the office. Yeah. Um, and so we don't, we don't accept cash in our office or checks. So that kind of cuts down on a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the weirdest thing. Like in our, in our line of business, like I don't know, in Medicare, we never, like everything is direct with the carrier. So I'm like, that whole idea of accepting money, I'm like, that's the worst idea for me. Because yeah. I would like put it in my pocket, you know? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, Because, you know, I'm out and about. I'm, you know, my office is my car, you know, and I'm trying to get more virtual as well and sell uh, over the phone and, and do that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, one of the things, so I think it'd be, if we didn't talk about, getting free marketing from using social media, um, we'd be, you know, missing a huge part of starting a business. Um, And so definitely people need to be posting frequently, but not just salesy product stuff. Like nobody Mm -hmm. cares. Um, You know, do something where people can kind of go along for the ride with you. Right. Mm-hmm. So that it's, it's enjoyable, it's fun, but it's still like kind of showcases what you're doing. Um, one thing with social media that I would highly, highly suggest is find people in the industry you're in and find the people who are where you want to be or who are influence, influencers in that industry and pursue those people. Not annoyingly, but, um, you know, pursue them like you would. I don't know, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or, you know, something like that. Like be, be, um, you know, intentional with your time spent on social media. Don't just get caught up watching Facebook videos. You know, man, that is so hard. And it's like YouTube. You just, you know, an hour later, what just happened? Um, but yeah, I would say do that. That's, that's like, and it, get to know those people and find out what's working for them, what has worked for them, ask for advice on how to get to where they are. Yeah, I 100% agree. And so here's a couple of examples. I, I would say, like, take advantage of every opportunity that comes before, you know, comes in front of you. Now, yeah, let's qualify that. Maybe, maybe not, you know, but like really bias towards saying yes to opportunities. Yeah. Um, and so here's here's three, I'll give me three examples of opportunities that I jumped on that has that has worked out, you know. Okay. So first off, this is kind of a funny story. Um I I mean I was brand new. Oh my gosh. I must have been just a you know handful of months in. And uh, I had a, a guy who I had some contracts with had invited, he was, he was having some meetings at a carrier's national headquarters, right? Okay. And, uh, and he said, hey, they're rolling out this program. We're having some great opportunities. Like, I want you to come and be a part of it. There's only about a hand, handful of us there. And so this is, I'm in Indiana. This is in Pennsylvania, you know? And so- How um, far a drive is that? Oh man, it's probably six hours, okay. you know? Okay. And, uh, so I, uh, I, I say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll go. And so right. we go, we show up and, uh, and, and the guy's like, he's like talking about, he's a, this guy, he's a monster, you know, saying that I'm like this big, you know, sales, you know, monster. I'm like, ah, I'm just brand new, but you're darn you know, right. Yeah. You know it, you know? And, 
and but just this week um i had a that same carrier called me up and said hey we had someone who called in direct to us who who's looking for a policy can you take care of them and i was like nice. you know i can yeah, um, yeah. Another Obviously, one. I'm the sales beast. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> that's what I do. I close business. You know? That's right. Um, <sighs> and then, uh, uh, not that long, not this long, not that long ago, I saw a guy who, um, who is involved in uh, online marketing. He's got a course. He does um, a lot of a lot of training. And he was talking to someone, and they said hey, uh, let's do coffee sometime. You know, he offered coffee to this other agent. Mm -hmm. And I i mean, you do not know how fast I direct messaged him. I said, hey, I'll do coffee. And yeah. then he's like, uh, you know, three hours away, <laughs> right? You know? Yeah. And uh, so literally like two days later, I get up five o'clock in the morning and get in my car and drive over and have coffee with him. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's opened up opportunities. Um, it, it's opened up opportunities for me to be involved in his group. And yeah. I'm also like, I'm, I'm taking a leadership role in that uh, online lead generation group, which is a lot of fun. And the last one I would say is the Innovation 19 conference. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be honest. So I, I got a scholarship, you know, yeah. that pays for the registration. And, yeah. but it doesn't cover, you know, travel, lodging, totally. you know, car, you know, there's some of that stuff. And as the days got closer, like we started, you know, rented a car, rented a hotel, yeah. you know, the, the, and I paid for the pre-registration because I, I wanted to get in on some of that stuff. And I really had this sense that I was like, this, I'm spending more money than I can comfortably justify right but i was like you know what i'm investing in myself i'm investing in my business the relationships that i was able to develop that i was able to build the people i got to know um, and it's not been that long you know but i already see you know you know, benefits from from my time being there so, so what's the so your advice would be on that to not just necessarily look at things that are right in front of you, but maybe also spend your time and money on things that are going to benefit you down the road. Yeah. So that, that was, man, that, that was a big struggle for me because there's this, I see this building the business on, on like two levels, right? So on like the bottom level, you just need to make sales. Yeah, you need to make money. I need today money. You know, right, right. I need you know, you know, because everyone, well, the holy grail of of business is referral business, right? You yeah. know, if you, I I've got a lot of friends who are in my space who spend zero dollars a year on marketing, a hundred percent referral based business, and and they're doing really well at it. Well, you can't do that day one. You can't do that in the first year, and so you know, a lot of people I talk to are like, oh, you need to develop referral partners. You know, right. you need to find the people who can refer you business. I'm like, yes, but I also need to make money today. Totally. So, you got to feed your family and pay yeah. your bills. Yeah. And so you've got to balance, you know, building your business on, on, the, on both levels. Yeah. I, you know, on that note, I would say it is, Again, like you have to be intentional with that time that you're spending building your business for the future because it's so easy. And, you know, with that, usually that involves getting to know or meeting other people who are in positions that are beneficial to you or mm -hmm. that you can be beneficial mm -hmm. to them, right? And get referrals or pass referrals or whatever. But it's so easy to have those meetings and those conversations and just, like not do anything with it, right? Just to kind of like, kind of get a friend and another yeah. acquaintance and, and it doesn't actually, you know, you don't ever actually talk about anything. I'm not saying have a meeting and go for the throat, right? But I'm just saying like, you gotta 
you got to have that in mind. You can't just go and waste your time. I know so many, there's this joke, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I mean, the idea of it is that like that all insurance agents, spouses must make a lot of money because there's so many stinking insurance agents that just kind of hang out all the time, you know, and like always drinking coffee, but never really doing anything. And so, um, you know, I would just on that, I would say you just got to be intentional with your time. Yeah. You know, what I would would recommend it, it is finding and seeking that out, you know, and yeah. just say, you know, Facebook, you know, we've got, you know, all these online technology, which I want to circle back on that for a second. But, you know, find two or three agents who are around maybe around where you're at or maybe one of them that wants to be like a mentor and set up a weekly or or every other week kind of accountability challenge mastermind and be that person that says hey guys it's fun to hang out but like let, let's let's put the heat on and, and you know challenge each other to really sure. grow the business you can create that so easy yeah for sure um, um, so you want to touch on technology. Let's talk about that and let's let this kind of be the, unless somebody chimes in with a comment yeah. that they'd like us to, to talk about, or, you know, they, they want us to touch on it. Great. But let's talk about technology. I think we're like coming close on 50 minutes. So let's, um, let's, let's talk technology yeah. and let's try to wrap this up. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, I know we said that you can get, uh, you, we can get like, you know, enamored, you know, with all this technology, right? Totally. And we get lost in technology, we get buried, you can spend, you know, a, a week or a month building out automations. And so you do have to be careful about that. But I think back, you know, to, to agents that I, there's, you know, conversations I've had with agents who've been in the business like 50 and 60 years. Holy and cow. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I yeah. got a, a, a guy, a friend of mine, he's like, I think he just had his 80th birthday. And last I knew, he's still in the office every day. Wow. You know, um, you know 50 plus years in the business. And, and he tells me about how, you know, he set this rule for himself that he had to be out of the house every day by like seven o'clock. You know, mm -hmm. he would, he said, even if I didn't have an appointment to go to, I was going down to the diner and having coffee. Um, and, and I think maybe that's something that we, we, we could have talked about is having schedules and setting appointments. I know some people, uh, even if they're, they're working from home, if they're younger, especially, and they need that discipline, like they get up, they take a shower, they get dressed for work, totally. you know, I think that's, yeah. you know, if you need that, that's, that's a good thing to do, but the technology that is at our fingers, you know, it's, it's remarkable whether it's, you know, you talk about posting on Facebook and having a strategy for, for posting on, on Facebook, talking about all organic. Um, yeah, you totally, like I, I started a, a life insurance organic posts um, and got several, you know, quotes that I put out just in a week or two, just by making some videos, you know, and while we're on the topic of videos, everybody has a video camera in their pocket that yeah. is more than capable of creating content for social media. Yep. Um, what, what are some of your favorite online tech uh, resources that you're using? Low, you know, low cost tech. Oh, geez. I feel like I pay for everything nowadays. Zapier. <laughs> Zapier is a tool that has a really super solid free option. Um, that if you haven't looked into that, that can save you a ton of time, or at least, you know, maybe not save you a ton of time, but do things that you don't necessarily have to think about that much. Totally. Um, I would say that's my, right now, that's my biggest, um, coolest thing that I love is Zapier. Um, I'm really, I'm really liking Loom. Oh yeah. Loom's cool too. Any screen recording, um, mm -hmm. software. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You can, you can use Loom to create video proposals email like i mean there's there are video proposal um you know services that are oh yeah pretty inexpensive surprisingly um which are awesome i wouldn't uh 
you know, discouraged, but, you know, start off by creating a email template and, uh, you know, and create a loom, embed that loom, uh, some awesome stuff there. Google Docs, do you use Google Docs for anything? I don't, I don't use Google for okay. anything. Uh -oh. I should. Uh -oh. I Google hater. Uh, I'm not a hater. Google. I use it for my personal email, but that's it. Okay. Yeah, I just created, I, I created a uh, intranet, you know, that. Oh, I you did do that. I saw you talking about that. Yeah, on Google Sites. Um, that stuff is awesome. Um, you know, just to, what I did, I, I created a repository for all of my carriers, all my processes. So if I have a question that I don't want to have to keep asking, I just put it up there and I have a good resource to go to. Yep, totally. Yeah, and so last week, when I had um, Troy Thompson and Wes Anderson on, we talked about a decent amount of different programs. And one of the things that Joey just reminded me um, is Calendly, like having sure. some sort of cal calendar thing to share it with people so they can, you don't have to go back and forth, you know, Acuity, Calendly. Um, actually, one of my friends um, from Seattle started Bookify. That's another one. Hmm. Um, it's really, it's great. Um, anyway, anyone, you know, test them all. I think they all have a free option, test them all, see what works best. Um, but yeah, anyway, man, we are coming up on an hour here. Yeah. Everyone, thank you so much for, for um, joining us on here. If you, if you wanna find out more about what we're doing, um, check us out at, at www.bluelioninsurancepartners.com. Jason, thank you so much. Um, so, so Denison Insurance, right? Mm -hmm. So you're in Indiana, right? And how can people find you if they want to reach out to you? Yeah, I mean, you know, the easiest way you can. Uh, I mean, we're all over the place on uh, all the uh, you know Facebook, but uh, DennistonInsurance.com. Uh, yep. we, we're licensed in in multiple states and do primarily Medicare, a little bit of life insurance. So if you do have questions, you know, Medicare is a little bit tricky thing for a lot of people. If you have questions or you, you need help with a case, I'd be more than happy to uh, to help you out, get a good answer. And you said, before we finish, so also um, people, why don't you quickly, maybe like two minutes or less, tell us about the program that you've um, worked with. Um, uh, Daniel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so if there are any Medicare or, you know, final expense guys that watch this that are interested, you know, they can tap into that resource because man, it's a pretty good one. Yeah. 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 So um, I have, uh, re you know, been involved in this. I'm actually involved in two different uh, training courses and, and I recommend them both very highly and that's kind of where i would maybe maybe leave off is like eventually like invest back you know invest yeah. in yourself you know invest in those trainings once you have leveled up on those four things go ahead and 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 spend some money and and get involved in in these you know wh whether it's these or another but these are both for me i knew the things that I needed to learn was more along the lines of the marketing and automation and getting in front of people. And so these courses have been super incredibly helpful for me. Mm -hmm. So the one is client acquisition for insurance agents. So if you just do a search for that on, on Facebook, client acquisitions for insurance agents, I, um, I'm coaching in that group now and, uh, and really loving it. We're helping um, agents uh, of all stripes uh, learn about Facebook advertising and uh, um, automation, helping you get those leads generated. I'm also uh, just a, a class member in the Made You Look Marketing with Nick Ayers. And so learning more about how to create that uh, video content and, and using that on different platforms, primarily Facebook and, and YouTube. So I would would highly recommend getting involved in both of those courses uh, nice. if you're looking to learn how to create more lead generation and uh, you know get in front of more people. Cool. cool. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, Jason. Um, 
everyone. Thanks for watching. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Next week should be pretty fun. I'm having um, two uh, fairly recently departed captive agents that have moved over to the independent side. And we're going to talk about uh, pros and cons of going from captive to independent for PNC. Um, should be really interesting. So anyway, thanks again. See you guys yeah, next thank week. You.